This is Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. I'm your host, Joel Carson, the Executive Director of the Geoprofessional Business Association. GBA is known for engaging with amazing speakers at our conferences, and in this series, we reconnect with past keynotes that have become old friends of GBA to see where life has taken them and learn from their journey. They are American heroes, best-selling authors, business leaders, executive coaches, all experts in their field and brilliantly engaging. I hope you enjoy reconnecting with these friends of GBA as much as I do. Today, I'm reconnecting with an inspiring keynote speaker from our 2019 Spring Conference, which we held in Hawaii. He shared his experiences as we learn motivating factors, guiding principles that inspire us to produce extraordinary results. And I'm thrilled to have you, Eric Saperston. Aloha. Aloha. Great to see you, Joel. Thanks for including me. As a reminder, Eric's a critically acclaimed film director, producer, award-winning storyteller, and his first feature film, The Journey, won numerous film festival awards that included most memorable film at South by Southwest. And I understand there's a huge resurgence of that movie that's happening right now. Eric's been featured guest on the Today Show, CNN, PBS, and he's been interviewed and published in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Spin Magazine, Fast Company, and National Geographic. He's the founder behind Live in Wonder, a global lifestyle brand that encourages living life to the fullest and making the ordinary extraordinary. Most recently, he created Three Things, a tabletop game used to bring people together in conversation. He is also an incredible human being, and I cherish his friendship. So again, welcome, Eric. Out of all the uh, introductions I've had in my entire career, yours was the most recent. (laughs) Good, good. Well, that'll last for another hour, so I'll just go with that. So, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. That was super sweet. Thank you very much. <laughs> so when you spoke to GBA just a year ago, it was the start of our 50th anniversary and it was a really special conference for our members. And it was made even more special by your presence as you and your team, your entourage, fully engaged with our members throughout the conference. And so it was, it's just so really nice to reconnect you on this format And although the world has changed drastically in the past year, uh, it's good to see you and good to be in your presence again, even if we are just a few miles away from each other. We are on the coconut wireless, half half coconut shell, half coconut shell, little line going between us. It's uh, pretty sweet. I got it. From uh, from my my island to to Idaho. Yeah. From Maui to Idaho, baby. When you gave us a definition of wonder, it was the sense that you didn't know what was going to happen next. And I imagine the recent world events have really heightened that sense for you. How has the unanticipated world crisis impacted you, Eric? Well, great question. So, you know, the the definition of wonder for me, you know, wonder is a cause of surprise, a miraculous event coming from awe, astonishment. Uh, even uh, pull in the idea of gratitude. I think gratitude uh, uh, invokes wonder. And uh, for me, my definition was, you know, when, 
what presents me to living in wonder is to remember that I don't have any idea what's going to happen next. If I keep telling myself that over and over and over again, you don't know, remember, Eric, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what Joel's going to say. You can't, I can't anticipate. If I don't anticipate what's going to happen next, then I get to slow things down and be present and be in this moment and let the moment naturally arise and then respond to what's happening in this moment. As soon as my my ego and my brain thinks that I know what's going to happen or I, you always say this thing or whatever it is that I start to project into my head, then I no longer am in the moment and then I can't be my, my highest self. So uh, one mantra that I say to myself is, Eric, remember that you don't know what's going to happen next and to be, be present. And I think that that has always served me uh, to be the best I can be moment by moment. I think what's been happening in this pandemic is that I think that uh, everybody was moving very fast uh, prior to this. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi said, there's more to life than increasing its speed. And uh, the great actor and comedian Lily Tomlin said, for fast acting relief, uh, try slowing down. And I think <laughs> that this, this moment here caused everybody to slow down. And, and I think that that's a wonderful thing. I think that the idea to slow down and to ask ourselves uh, some very fundamental questions, you know, what have I been doing? Where am I putting my time? Where I've been putting my attention? Uh, you know, how much money will make, really does make me happy? Do I need all this stuff? Uh, where's my food coming from? Where's my water coming from? Uh, am I in right relations with my community? Uh, I think this this was a, a wonderful thing. I mean, it's it's tragic for people that are dying. It's tragic for people who have lost their jobs. It's tragic for people that are uh, isolated and now more isolated. I'm I'm not trying to paint a picture that everything is rosy. It certainly isn't. There's a lot of strife and 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 uh, stress and uh, frustration happening in our world today. And I tend to be a guy who looks at the glass half full. And I feel like this is a moment in which people get a chance to uh, reevaluate what's most important in their lives. And I think in the discovery process of what's most important coming from a place of wonder uh, is the best pathway to do that. It's a really important reminder to all of us in these times. And, and I, I understand that the, the uh, dichotomy of this, of, um, of the opportunities that exist now uh, that didn't exist before are the opportunity to slow down, while on the other hand, it's impacting so many people so negatively. Um, it's just a really challenging time. And there isn't a whole lot that can be expected or anticipated right now. So living in the moment is just so, such a great reminder to all of us. Yeah, I definitely think that there's not much else we can do except just kind of deal with what's being presented and then do our best in that situation. For all the folks that are suffering and, and, and hurting, um, you know, my heart goes out to everyone. I don't want anybody to suffer. And uh, this is a great time of reinvention. This is a great time to pivot. This is a great time to do what it is that you've always wanted to do. I think that this has reminded us of our, our, of our own immortality, that there, we are all going to die one way or another. None of us get out of here alive. And I think that for me, I know that this pandemic has reinforced how grateful I am for my life, how grateful I am for being alive, how grateful I am to be in relationship with people and to you really look at my time on this earth and, and say, Hey, you know, 
I'm only going to be here a short while. What, what is my highest contribution? How do I live my truest self, my highest authenticity? This is really a time for us to reflect on that. If, if people out there aren't doing what it is that they're meant to do, if they're not living their higher purpose, if they're not speaking their truth, if they're not being courageous and bold with their time and energy, then this is a great wake-up call for everybody to focus. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, I remember uh, in your presentation to GBA audience and the, the movie that you produced that uh, and your 10-year journey in the van that uh, you repeatedly had to um, apply tenacity and uh, just hard work and, and a lot of preparation. Um, and so how has that experience that you had then apply to your experience recently? You know, I think as business people and as leaders, I've always believed in what Teddy Roosevelt said when he said, do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. All of us as leaders, all of us as visionaries and pioneers and people who are forging new ground and, and serving our communities, you know, I, in my experience, nothing goes the way I want it to. So the bus, when I was on my VW bus adventure, it was just a metaphor for life in general. A VW bus br breaks down all the time. There's something going on. I got to fix it. I think I'm going this direction, but uh-oh, something happens and I got to go this direction. Or I, I'm making a movie and all of a sudden something happens and I've got to pivot and all of a sudden I can't do that. Or my, I've got to figure out how to create a boom pole to capture sound and I can't afford one. So then I go to Home Depot and get a light bulb changer and a $50 microphone and a roll of duct tape and then create this boom pull out of a, of a light bulb changer and just make things happen. I just think that as leaders, that's our job is to make things happen, to do what we can with what we have, where we are. And I think that my life has not changed at all. It's now been 25 years and I'm still interviewing iconic legends and we're still, still making movies and we're still creating and, and nothing ever works the way I want it to. And I don't think that I can control anything external to me, but what I can't control is how I react to what's happening. Yeah. And I think in this moment, we're being presented with all kinds of challenges and the world is shifting and things that we took for granted are no longer there. And there's new uh, businesses emerging and there's new ways to communicate like Zoom here. And there's just, the whole world's changing. And the question that I ask people that are asking me and all of us is just, all right, well, how can we pivot? How can we adapt? And how can we still succeed? Those are the same questions that we're all asking ourselves, all, all the members of GBA. And I will remember the light pole boom alternative as, a, uh, as another metaphor for the things that we're doing today that we didn't anticipate that we'd, we needed to, but just a little bit of creativity and some roll up your sleeves and apply some duct tape is, uh, is really necessary right now. You know, there's opportunities everywhere, even though with this pandemic, even though there's a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends lost their entire jobs. I did. I mean, I'm sitting here. I was, I'm a guy that gets invited to give keynote speeches and open and close conferences all over the world in front of thousands of people. My job has been to get on a plane, fly somewhere and learn about a company and then give a talk for them. And for the, you know, when this pandemic hit, uh, every speech that I had on the calendar for the next 18 months just 
the rap, you know, went bye bye in, in, in a matter of weeks. And then who do I want to be in the face of that? Who, how, do I want to complain? Do I want to be saddened? Do I want to blame somebody? Do I want to become a victim to the world? My economics changed. I had, I had counted on those revenues. I had counted on that lifestyle that that afforded me. I counted on all that. And then in a moment's time, I don't get to count on that anymore. It doesn't exist. And for me to sit there and complain about it made no sense. For me, I was like, all right, well, breathe. Uh, breathe for a minute, Eric. Breathe, breathe, relax, uh, get present, uh, be in this moment, look for the opportunity, and then uh, look for, to reinvent myself. And that's what we've done. We have the same thing. Now, all of a sudden, instead of flying off and giving speeches, now I'm giving Zoom calls. And I was not an early adopter. I wasn't a fan of the technology and internet. I like to be in person. I love to be there and I like the crowd and I, that's what I thrive. And I, you know, I get a lot of vitality from that. And I thought, man, I'm never going to like this. And it turns out that I love this. I'm actually enjoying this. I get to stay here at home, which I love being with my lady and being on the farm and being able to be connected to nature, and, which I'm so grateful to be here. And then I get a chance to get on a call and speak to somebody in Atlanta or speak to somebody in London or speak to somebody in Chicago. And normally I've been speaking to thousands of people in front of these big audiences. And now I'm doing Zoom calls with 20 people or 30 people or 120 people or 200. But there's so much intimate and these great gatherings. And I get to see people that are asking questions and really look somebody in the eye and answer. And it becomes this great conversation. And I get to do all this without wearing any pants. It's just the best <laughs> thing ever. No, I'm just kidding. But I get to do all this in my living room. And it's just so great. And, I, it, and it's just you know, one of my favorite phrases that I learned on the journey that has been kind of a thing that has been a guiding principle for me, and that is to remind, to remember that whatever happens, uh, this is the phrase that I say, could be good, could be bad, too early to tell. Could be good, could be bad, too early to tell. I know for me, there's something that happens, and immediately when it happens, I'm like, that's bad. And then if I wait a little while, another couple of weeks, all of a sudden something happens. And that thing that I thought was bad turned out to be pretty good. And there are things that I'm like, this is really great. And then if I wait a couple of weeks, it turns out that that wasn't so great. And so even while I'm in the face of this situation, if I just relax, could be good, could be bad to really tell and just allow things to unfold. And for me, this is the silver lining. This is the thing that has given my life greater joy and fulfillment as I get a chance to now talk to way more people. The, the price tag that, was, that, that people would have to hire me to go in front of thousands of people was very, you know, was, I was really blessed that that was a good price tag. And, but that prevented me from doing a lot of these small gatherings. So now those, those days are over and I get a chance to, to now connect in these small gatherings and it's, it's affordable for everybody and it's a win-win for everybody. And it just, it's just, it's awesome. And then this has also afforded me to now all of a sudden, you know, for years, people have been asking me, all these executives have been asking me to coach them and, and, and provide value to them in their lives. You know, I've, I've, I think that's one of the things I've been able to do is help people find greater joy and fulfillment in their lives, become better communicators uh, and more effective leaders. And I, I've done that on a keynote and, and talking to executive level, but now being home, I get a chance to really take this on as a practice. So we've gotten now tons of uh, uh, personal clients, coaching clients that want uh, that service. And it's been, again, another blessing. So I, I didn't think this was possible when I lost every speaking engagement for the next 18 months. But for me, just looking for the opportunity and was able to find some. And I hope that everybody is using this time to look at the skills that they have, the talents that they have, 
and realize that uh, it's a brand new world and then figure out how they can take their gifts and, and plug into this new reality. That's a great message for all of us. I think we can all apply what you've done, your mantra, take a deep breath, and then look for those opportunities and, and have an open mind. Might be bad, might be good, too early to tell. I will remember that, my friend. Thank you. I think that plays on, uh, as you were talking, I was reminded of a story that you shared. First of all, um, back to my previous question, the, the very difficult challenge it was for you to get an audience with one of the people that you interviewed. And then you did get the audience with President Carter, uh, which was sounded like a big kind of awe-inspiring opportunity for you. Then you simply asked him what his advice to share some advice with you. And I think he said, never underestimate the power of the individual to make a difference. We're all powerful and we all have the potential to make a difference. And I think you just shared with us some of the things that you're doing to make a difference. Is there anything else that, that we should remember about that power that we all have inside of us? Uh, great question. Yeah. So Meeting President Carter was a huge honor. Like all things, the pursuit to get to President Carter, a couple things had to happen. One, I had to be tenacious. Uh, I had to not take no personally. And I had to be determined and persevere and to be resilient. All those qualities are super important then and they're equally as important now for all of us to not take no personally in our lives, to be tenacious, to be resilient and to be determined. I had to call for three months to get uh, access to Carter and they kept telling me no. And then I would call and keep calling and keep calling. And then I finally got access to President Carter, which was a huge honor to meet a president of the United States. And yes, you're absolutely right. One of the big messages that he said back then was, look, it's easy to become cynical. It's easy to become jaded. Uh, it's easy uh, to become disillusioned about what's happening in our world. That was even back then. And it's even as equally valid right now. It's easy to become uh, all those things right now. And he said, look, in the face of all that, never underestimate the power of the individual to make a difference. Because in fact, it's always the individual who makes a difference. That's what happens. An individual creates a possibility, speaks that possibility into the world, enrolls their community, enrolls their uh, state, their nation in the world, and things shift. And I think that all of us, whether on a global scale or uh, on a business uh, scale or in our homes, that uh, it's our responsibility to remember that who we are, uh, how we show up, how we live out our guiding principles, uh, how we uh, be our word or not our word, uh, how we treat others, all these things uh, is, is an example of how we wield our power and that uh, we are very powerful people. All of us are, our lives are a contribution uh, whether we think so or not, we are making ripples in people's lives, how we treat the waiter at the restaurant, how we uh, thank the person at the postal service, how we treat our, our significant others, and, and even more importantly, the, the talk that we have in our head, how we treat ourselves with our own talk. Are we, are we uh, loving ourselves and giving ourselves encouragement, or are we uh, you know, beating ourselves up internally with our language? All these things to me affect how well uh, we embrace our power as individuals. And I think it's imperative that we remember that we do make a difference in everything that we do. And if I thought about your question, Joel, and what I think is most uh, paramount in this moment in time, uh, especially as it relates to our personal power, 
is that uh, this would be my invitation to everyone is don't let anything or anyone take your power away. Once we give our power to something else, whether we're giving our power away to this pandemic, we're giving our power away to the government, we're giving our power away uh, to anything that's external to us, then we're done. Uh, we cannot be a victim. Uh, we can't blame anybody else. It's a, I think this time in our, this most important thing we can do in this time is to begin to take 100% responsibility for our role and what we do and who we are and how we move through the world and uh, protect our personal power, not to give it away to anything else, but to maintain it and know that if I give it to anybody else, then it's done. I've, I've, I've lost my power by blaming anything else external. All I can do is own my own strength in this and take 100% accountability. Awesome. I have been waiting for a long time to ask this next question. And you may not remember, during our conference, you asked the audience some questions and you specifically asked me a question. And I'm not sure if you remember this, but I'm really thrilled to be able to turn this back to you now. So Eric, if you could tell your 21-year-old self three things that you've learned in this life, what would those three things be? Great. What three things would I tell my 21-year-old self? Number one, really get into yoga. And yoga is a weird word, I think, but just I would tell my 21-year-old self, your body is a temple and the body holds tension and uh, stress and the more I can release the tension, the more I can release the stress, the more limber I can be, the more flexible I can be, uh, the more limber and flexible I'll be in the world. And so I think for years, I carried a lot of tightness in my body, trying to do good in the world, and it was a lot harder than to be more fluid. So the, the more I've been able to open up my body and relax it, uh, the more I'm able to move through the world and flow through the world. So I would say number one, is to uh, Eric Saperston, your 21-year-old, uh, get in your body and spend time really um, becoming flexible so that you not only, so your physical body can be flexible and then your mental and spiritual body can be flexible out in the real world. Number two, what I would share with my 21-year-old self, I would say eat healthy, eat healthier. You know, I, I when my 21-year-old self was still eating fast food and processed food and sodas and just not conscious about what I was putting in my body. And I was, I realized now over years that food is medicine and uh, what we put into our body is what fuels our body. And over the years, I've gotten much smarter around what I eat. I realized that those two things in particular, eating really crappy food and not being flexible made me move through the world much angrier and tighter and more rigid and that didn't serve me. And now over the years, e eating healthier food, becoming more limber has made me uh, much lighter in the world. And then the third thing that I would say to my younger self, be less entitled and more grateful. You know, the world owes me nothing. It's me that owes the world. And that uh, to come from a deep sense of gratitude, I think that there was a time when I was younger where I was probably much more self-absorbed and believed it, I was doing it all on my own. And that was not true at all. There was an entire army of people helping me, guiding me, loving me, supporting me. 
And I think that I could have taken on a better practice of being more grateful. And I, I certainly do that now. I realize that uh, gratitude is such a powerful way to move through the world. Amen, brother. Those are three powerful things. And it reminds us of the value of asking three things um, and the depth that we can get in our own thought processes and answering and the responses that we get and and three things tells a story and you definitely just told us a very powerful story that I think we I hope we can all apply to our lives uh, thank you for sharing your three things My so pleasure. as you shared with us um, that your world has kind of taken a dramatic shift and so I'd like to remind the the audience the, of the things that you are doing now you've adjusted and how they can reach out to you to engage in some of those small group conversations or some one-on-one -on -one life coaching, coaching, leadership coaching. Share with us how our group can reach out to you, Eric. Great. Well, the best way to reach me is uh, uh, our website, ericsapperston.com. You can also send me an email at eric at liveandwonder.com. Yeah, I'm super excited about both these things. The, the opportunity to speak to smaller groups, I, it's been such a joy for me. I just, if you're listening to this right now and you've got a team of people and you've got a Zoom meeting coming up and that you'd like something special to happen during that Zoom meeting where we can talk about leadership and communication and guiding principles and help your staff and your teams become more resilient, have greater empathy, become more uh, determined, uh, all the things that matter in this world. Uh, I'm totally here to help in that way and would love to figure out a way to do that. And the other thing that's been giving me so much uh, satisfaction and, and meaning in my life is to do these one-on-ones. I've always, I love people. And there's so many people out there that have been very successful in the world and have lost some of their fulfillment and some of their joy. Uh, everybody can use uh, better skills around communication and uh, increase their skills around leadership. If folks are really serious about taking their career to the next level and are looking to use this time to pivot and adjust and become better and uh, more fulfilled, uh, then I'm absolutely here to help in that process and would be delighted to, to work, with, uh, work with you. And where can we find a, a link to the journey, the movie that, uh, that you produced? So if you go to ericsapperston.com, the movie is there uh, in our store. And uh, we have the three things game, which has been really a lot of fun too. We've played it, you and I. The game is designed to get people talking. And uh, there we go, three things. It's a series of questions that all have uh, three things in them. What are three things you've learned about communication? What are three things you've learned about leadership? What are three things you've learned about traveling? What are three things you've learned getting into trouble? And uh, it's a great conversation game. People love it. We've sold them now and people have gotten them all over the world. It's been a really great joy to sit back here and to watch this little game create all these amazing uh, circles of conversation and the concentric circles all over. I think you just pulled out our book, Live in Wonder, which has been another blessing. The book has uh, inspired thousands of people. Uh, simple, uh, elegantly simple, but uh, profound. Uh, the book is about my journey and uh, the idea is that anything you want to learn about anything is an inspired conversation away. So one of the premises of the book is to pick people that you admire in your life and talk to them. And uh, you can use the quotes and questions to guide those. Other people use the book to find out what matters to them and to discover their own guiding principles. Other people use it as a coffee table book 
it, it's a great gift book. People take it to weddings, although we won't be able to go to weddings for a long time. But uh, uh, people people have used it for that. It's just it, the, the book is a lot of fun. Uh, and then the movie is about my journey that that, uh, that kind of started it all, where I myself and three of my friends jumped in a Volkswagen bus with our dog and set up across the country with the intention to call up the most powerful people in the world and take them out for coffee. And then that became a 90 minute film that, that touched and inspired people all over. Incredible. Well, I was fortunate enough to get an advanced copy of the three things card game and I've played it with friends and coworkers now and actually used it on a zoom call with my family where I drew cards for everyone and held them up so that they could answer their three things and it was uh, the most powerful Zoom call that I've had with my family and got to learn some things about my family that I didn't know. Uh, so it really is a catalyst for uh, some deeper conversations that are just so powerful and so meaningful. So thank you for that. Thank you for the gift. And uh, thank you for the gift that keeps on giving through these very powerful conversations. It warms my heart and, and our whole team's heart to know that that was our whole intention. We like to make things that create interaction, you know, whatever, whatever that is. The, the T-shirts that we make have people walk down the street and if they read a T-shirt that has a saying on it, people are like, oh, I love that shirt and high five you. That, that's like a create. We, we, we created something that created two people to interact uh, the questions create people to go deeper and to share stories and experiences. And that is just a great joy. The book does that. Our, our movie brings people together. It's just that's, that I think is at the essence of everything that we do is that we want to help uh, build community uh, and inspire people. And you're doing it and you did it today. Thank you very much. Uh, it is just an, a great honor and pleasure to see you again and to learn and be inspired by you again through this medium. Again, everybody that wants to check out Eric, go to ericsapperston.com. Information about his website and how to contact him will be included in uh, the summary of this conversation. So please check it out. Uh, if nothing else, go and shop the website because there's some really cool stuff on there. Eric, it's just been a delight to reconnect with you and you're a lifelong friend and family member of GBA and cannot wait until our paths cross again and uh, hopefully that sometime soon. You're super great, man. I love you. Send my best to CC and uh, just honored to spend this time with you today. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encore Performances, Reconnecting with Friends of GBA. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and listen to future episodes. I'm confident you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. For more great resources to help make you and your business smarter, stronger, and more successful, visit our website at geoprofessional.org. Thank you again for listening to your continued success.